If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, this episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons. Support Switchcraft and my other content at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Okay, everybody. Well, I've got some good news for you and some bad news. The good news is we've got a lot to talk about. The bad news is that I've got a bit of a cold and I'm not sure if I'll be able to, if my voice is going to last the whole show. I did recently take some DayQuil, so we'll see if we can power on through. One thing that helps me power through is feedback from you guys. And I got a review for the show on iTunes. This review is by Link31254. Uh, They reviewed the show and they said, I've never listened to a podcast before. I randomly stumbled upon this and decided to give it a shot. Love the topics. Love the voice. Keep up the great work. This is still the only podcast I listen to. Well, as long as you're listening, I'll be talking. So thank you very, very much for for reviewing the show. And if you don't, if you haven't done that yet, it really does help us get higher up in the ratings for... Um, where people can find the show. So please make sure that you do that. All right, let's get into the news, and there's a lot of it. Okay, the first topic today is Mario Odyssey. I'm, I'm not doing these in any particular order, just I kind of threw an outline together of my thoughts, and Mario Odyssey was at the top. Uh, so first off, we've seen... In previous videos that Mario can throw his hat and then jump off of it. But what they showed us today is that Mario Odyssey allows the the, the, the hat, which is called Cap, which is brilliant, uh, for more reason, more than one reason. Um, when you throw the cap at enemies, it can take them over. Uh, so if Mario throws his hat at a Goomba, for instance... That Goomba will then be wearing the that hat and will have a Mario mustache. And then Mario, or well, the player then controls that Goomba. Uh, this brings in a whole bunch of different ways to interact with the game. And I think it's brilliant. Um, the hat also acts like a boomerang in order to capture stuff again. There's that, that that cap thing going on. A hat is a cap, and it captures stuff. It's brilliant. Uh, but it can act as a boomerang, kind of like in Zelda, uh, where you can throw it out and have it grab stuff. Um, one thing that jumped out at me that I thought was really cool is Pauline, which I know that if you've been listening to this show before, you know that I'm a huge fan of the original Donkey Kong game. It's one of my very first gaming memories uh, playing through that, and I've had a blast with it. And Pauline is the character, the, the woman that you have to save uh, back all the way back when Mario was just called Jumpman. Uh, Pauline had a name, though, and she is the mayor of New Donk City. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. 
the game shows off lots of explorable stuff. Uh, I, I saw some treehouse stuff where they showed a guy climb way up to the top of a very tall building, and then he jumped off and just kept falling and falling and falling and landed on this other building in order to grab a coin, I think it was, or, or, or it was actually to talk to a musician on top of the building. I thought that was really cool. And I can see uh, people having a lot of fun exploring these levels that, it very a much more open world style uh, Mario game than we've had in a very long time. I mean, even compared to uh, the the most recent Mario game that I would say that this looks like it feels like, if that phrase makes any sense, is Super Mario Galaxy or Galaxy Two, and even those places that they were very small, the little worlds that you could run around on, so you didn't really feel like you had control of where you were going to go. You just kind of followed the path. Not, not saying that those are bad games or that that was bad design. It's just, this is very different. It feels way more open and Mario has a lot more choice as to where he's going to go and how he's going to get there. And I think that's really cool. Now they did say that, um, when you die, there's not a big punishment for dying. You just basically lose lose coins. Although coins in this are more than just points. Uh, you need them to buy stuff. The coins are actual currency now. And they have multiple different types of currency. So when you go to different locations, um, you get different currencies. And different currencies are worth different things in different areas. I thought that, that was a really cool mechanic. It really makes collecting the coins much more important. Because it allows you to buy things, which we'll talk about in a little in a moment. Um, they also had mentioned that one of the things is when you throw your hat at a at an enemy, you can capture it and control it. Well, some enemies will have hats that will prevent Cap from helping you capture that enemy. So you have to throw the hat once in order to knock their hat off. And I forgot to mute my phone; it's very unprofessional of me. Um, let me just set it over there so it won't be as loud. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you uh, throw your hat once to knock the enemy's hat off, and then you can use it again in order to do that. And I think that what we'll probably end up seeing, I didn't see this in the actual footage at all, but my guess is that there will be enemies, and they will have multiple hats on. So a hat on top of a hat on top of a hat. And so you'll have to throw cap at them multiple times, in order to wear them down, and that's how they can up the difficulty, actually, pr probably pretty easy. Um, again, they didn't show this. This is just my gut feeling based on things that I've seen Nintendo do in the past. Um, let's see. They did have motion controls included. They showed a guy using the Joy-Con separated, not using the grip. Um, they Nintendo made sure to say, make sure that you use the straps, but I don't think that those were necessary. Whenever I play a game where I've got the Joy-Con separated, which is actually pretty often because that's a very comfortable way to play. Uh, you would think that the Joy-Cons would be too small to really utilize that, but they're not. They're really great. Uh, but whenever I play a game uh, where I've got the Joy-Con separated, I do it without the straps. I almost never use the straps unless I'm playing a game where I hold the Joy-Cons sideways. That's really what I think they're for. But you know how Nintendo is. They always want to make sure make sure you have the strap on this so that you don't throw it through your TV. Um, but they showed that um, uh, there are motion controls. They did say that motion controls are not required. 
You can just use the Pro Controller if you want, but they said it might be a little harder to do certain things, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and it didn't seem like the guy was waving his hands around. He was just moving them just a little bit um, because these are much mo- much better than the Wii remotes that we've had in the past. These have a lot better technology in them. All right. Uh, what else? I already talked about the coins used as uh, used as money, but I didn't say what it was used for. It's used so you can buy outfits for Mario. Now, uh, tangentially, they've also shown that there are three amiibos that go with this. There's um, Mario and Bowser and uh, Peach all in like wedding out- wedding outfits, uh, which cool, I guess, because Bowser's trying to marry Peach. I don't know. That guy's weird. Um, and Mario's also dressed as a groom. It doesn't really make sense, but that's not my point. My point is... There's a lot of outfits in the game for Mario to wear. We saw him wearing like safari gear at one point and like a sombrero at another point. I would not be surprised if we see various versions of this in uh, amiibo form. So maybe Poncho Mario because I want I don't want wedding Mario. I want Poncho Mario. Poncho Mario looks incredibly cool, especially with his little mustache. Um. They also said existing Amiibo are supported, but they didn't say how yet. Now, the big the big news here, the game comes out on October 27th. I honestly did not expect this. I thought that we were going to get this game at the end of the year, like right before Christmas. But October 27th, before even before Black Friday, that's crazy. So here's my prediction then. I predict that we are going to see some crazy Black Friday bundles of... Um, Mario Odyssey Switch. Uh, you're going to see a Switch with Mario Odyssey, probably with some, um, not neon red and neon blue, but red and blue, Mario red and Mario blue um, um, uh, Joy-Cons. And we're probably going to see that on blank, Black Friday. That's my guess. Um, what else about the game before I move on to the next thing? Oh, yeah. Um, this was really interesting. So in the game, you were collecting moons, which is kind of like the shines that you collected in uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, You have to collect these little purple moons. um, And when you collect them, this was really interesting to me. The thing that really blew me away is it said, collected the, like they showed in this video, collected the moon from the leaning tower on such and such a level. And then it's it date it gave it gave it a time stamp or a date stamp basically that you did it that 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 they did it on June thirteenth um, two thousand seventeen. It almost felt like an achievement. Now I'm not a guy who really cares about achievements, but I know that there are many people out there who look at what Xbox has with achievements and they look at what uh, PlayStation has with trophies, which are basically the same thing. And they say, how come Nintendo doesn't have a global system for this? What if they do, and they're just still working on it? And maybe this is something that's going to come later. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe it's just achievements in the game. Maybe they don't have a global system. And then, you know, whatever. I don't really care about it either way. But I just thought it was really interesting that it marked the date when they had picked up that piece. Uh, So let me know what you guys think that means. Uh, the, the next thing that, that I saw that I thought was really cool was Mario walks up to a, uh, like this warp pipe. And when he goes in on, on the wall that the warp pipe is attached to, 
is basically a 2D level for Mario to navigate, and it turns into a 2D uh, game of Mario that looks like um, the original Mario game. And I thought that that was really, really clever. Uh, And then they even showed like a bullet bill going off the side of this uh, Mario level, and it goes from being a 2D bullet bill into a 3D bullet bill, uh, then Mario could interact with it. Anyway, you know how Nintendo is with the Mario games. What do they do? They show us um, a way to interact with the environment. Um, They give you a chance to master it. And then they take that away and show us something new. And I think that this game has a whole lot of fun just waiting for us. And I am really looking forward to it. Uh, The one downside that I'll say of this thing, uh, it felt really weird hearing somebody singing in the Mario game. I thought that was odd. I think it's a weird choice, and I think that they should get rid of it. But Nintendo isn't going to listen to me. Let's move on to something very, very exciting. They didn't waste any time with this, and like I said, I'm not going in order. This came right at the beginning of their... Uh, their Nintendo Direct, the half-hour thing, not the Treehouse thing. But Rocket League is coming to the Switch. Now, I said a couple episodes ago, I don't think that they're doing that because it's made on uh, Unreal Engine 3, and Unreal Engine 4 is the one that is supported by the Switch. Well, I guess I was wrong. Rocket League is coming to the Switch. It's got a price of $19.99. And this really made me sit up and go, whoa, it has cross-platform multiplayer with PC, Switch, and Xbox. Not with PlayStation, though. Apparently, Sony would not play nice, and that's actually not too surprising because if you look at the Minecraft announcement that um, Microsoft made, they actually said that they're going to be having cross-platform multiplayer with all the other platforms except PlayStation. So it looks like PlayStation is saying, we're right now, we're the market leader. We don't have to play ball with anybody else. So we're going to take our ball and go home, and everybody else can play together. I think PlayStation is making a huge mistake doing something like that. Uh, but then again, I'm biased because I want to be able to play my games with everybody. I already own Rocket League. Will I buy it again? You bet your butt I'm going to buy it again. This game is awesome, and I want to have it with me everywhere I go. Uh, It is 100% a digital purchase. I'm never going to want to have this not in my Switch. And Rocket League, if you've never played it, is actually a sequel to a game. Let me see if I remember the title. I don't have it written down for me. Super-powered, acrobatic, rocket-powered battle cars. I think that's what it's called, Um, which is a ridiculous title and also awesome. And basically, it is soccer, football if you're from Europe, but soccer with rocket-powered cars. And it's incredibly fun. If you had told me, hey, Bill, there's a soccer game that you play with cars, I would say, well, I don't really care about car games very much, and I don't really care about sports games very much, and I certainly don't care about soccer being an American. Put your pitchforks away, people. I don't care about any sports. Um, So... I'm not going to care about this, but when I got my Steam controller for PC, I got a copy of Rocket League for free, and I'm here to tell you that game is fantastic, and if you haven't tried it out because you don't think it's the kind of game that appeals to you, I did not think it would be the kind of game that appeals to me, 
and I'm and I'm telling you that game is fantastic. It is on one of my it is on my top twenty list somewhere of the best games of all time. Incredibly fun, uh, super quick play. Every match is five minutes at most. Um, well, probably about eight minutes with replays and stuff. But almost everybody just shuts the replays off. Uh, but every match is really, really fast, and you get in and out real quick. Not only does it have um, soccer, it also has basketball. It also has hockey, and they've continued to con- to to keep adding content to this game after release, all for free, outside of customization stuff like turning your car into the Batmobile or the DeLorean from Back to the Future. So Rocket League coming to the Switch is a huge get for Nintendo, and... My guess is that that game is going to help sell this system. Uh, It is a big deal, and I'm excited for it. Let's jump into a a first-party game that is a big deal. All right, I was saying earlier that I was wrong about things. Here's something else that I was wrong about. I thought for sure that Xenoblade 2 was going to be delayed until next year because this year was so packed. I was wrong. It's coming out this year. This is the big holiday title. So what we thought, or what I thought, I'm using the royal we, uh, what I thought was that Mario was going to be the big holiday title, and there wasn't really room in the schedule for Xenoblade. I didn't think that they were behind schedule on the game. I just figured they would push it to get it into next year to make more room, basically. Uh, and Xenoblade 2, well, I'm sorry, what I, so I was wrong. They, instead, they were further along on Mario than I thought they were. It was, it's a hundred percent ready. If they've already got a date and it's, uh, October, um, what was it? 25th or 27th? I can't remember. I'm scrolling October 27th. Um, if they've already got a date of October 27th, there's no way that they're not already finished with that game. Okay. Um, Xenoblade 2 comes out. This winter, it comes out. It's the big holiday game. I bet you we're going to see some Xenoblade themed um, bundles. Maybe one with like uh, a, uh, a different colored Joy Cons or a, a Switch dock that has the uh, like the Xenoblade. I can't remember what the name of the sword in that game is. All the uh, listen, sweaty nerds. I'm a sweaty nerd too, but I can't know everything, so please don't be mad. Um, Anyway, I was wrong about it. Uh, I didn't actually get to watch the Treehouse part for um, Xenoblade 2. I had something that I had to do, and I didn't get to watch that part. And if I stopped to watch it now, it's like an hour or something like that. I wouldn't have time to get this episode out today. So I'm just going to have to uh, not know much about Xenoblade 2 other than I'm excited for it. I did get to see just a little bit, and the combat looked a little more understandable than in Xenoblade Chronicles X or Xenoblade Chronicles. Whenever, when I saw both of those games and I, and I played them for the first time, I was a little baffled by how the fights went, uh, especially at first. And this made it make a lot more sense. Um, they, they've gotten rid of the hot bar on the bottom, and they've moved the things to the corner instead. And I felt like I understood it a little bit more. I could be wrong. Maybe I'll grab grab the controller and be confused again. Uh, but it looked like it made a little more sense. Anyway, are you guys excited for Xenoblade 2? Let me know. Boy, oh boy, there were a lot of things that I was wrong about. That's irritating to me. 
All right, let's talk about what I was wrong about. We just talked about Xenoblade. I thought that was going to get delayed until next year. The next thing I was wrong about is Metroid. I said, we're not going to see or hear about a Metroid. At least I think I said that. Well, if that's not exactly what I said, what I probably said is, if we hear about it, it's not going to be until next... We won't see... We won't get to play it until next year. And honestly, I think that we're not going to see it until 2019. My guess is that next year... At E3, by the way, they they did show a logo. They showed a logo for Metroid Prime 4. I kind of forgot to mention that. Um, Next year at E3, we're going to see lots of uh, Metroid Prime 4, and it'll probably be next year's Christmas release, if not early 2019. That's my guess. Uh, But now Nintendo is confirming that they're working on it. Um, That's really all that I have to say about that. I was wrong. Let's uh, move on. Uh, Pokemon. There's a mainline... They they also said there's a mainline Pokemon RPG coming to the Switch. This is official. Again, my guess is we're not going to see this next year. It's probably going to be a 2019 thing. That's just a guess by me. Uh, so next year at E3, we're going to see Metroid Prime 4. We're going to see uh, the new Pokemon game, and they'll either come out at the end of next year... Actually, that's my guess. My guess is at Christmas time next year, we see Pokemon Mainline RPG for the Switch, which we get to, um, they'll, they'll get hands-on at E3. And then uh, they'll also get some hands-on at E3 with Metroid, but we won't get to actually play Metroid until early 2019. All right, that's my prediction for the future, and I'm ready to be wrong. All right, um, let's move on to Mario plus Rabbids. I'm a number one. Well, as wrong as I was for some stuff, I was right about some other stuff. Last episode, I said that I thought maybe they would have uh, Shigeru Miyamoto or somebody from Nintendo go to the Ubisoft or Ubisoft. I keep forgetting how to say it. Uh, go to the Ubisoft presentation and present there. I said that a couple years ago, I would never imagine that that would happen. But because they went to Apple and presented, maybe they would do it at the Ubisoft press conference, and they did. Miyamoto came out on on stage, uh, they posed for some pictures, and then they talked about how uh, excited they were for this new property. Now, what is Mario plus Rabbids? Well, Mario plus Rabbids is XCOM meets Mario. Now, if you've never played XCOM before, it's a top-down tactical uh, game where you move uh, your humans around on the board uh, turn-based on a grid-based system in order to defeat the aliens. Uh, So there's cover mechanics uh, where you can hide behind uh, walls, um, and then there's destructible. You can blow up somebody's cover. All that stuff looks really cool. They have a, in this, they have a really cool mechanic where uh, they can extend how far a character can move. Now, in XCOM, it's usually you turn on the sprint ability, and that means you can't use your shoot your uh, attack in the same turn. Okay, so maybe I can move six spaces, but if I turn on sprint, I can move 12 spaces and not shoot. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Well... In Mario plus Rabbids, instead what they do is you can move up, uh, we'll say, uh, Rabbit Peach and have her standing in a spot and then move Mario up to the same spot. And she'll get on her, get on her back and put her feet in the air. Whoa, this is a family show, guys. Uh, and then Mario will jump on her feet and she'll kick him off 
and he'll go flying even further. So it's a way for you to extend how far you can get and moving your characters around on the battlefield and uh, zoning out your enemy is really, really fun in XCOM. And I cannot imagine how much how much more fun it's going to be in this ridiculous world uh, that, that Nintendo and Ubisoft have cooked up. It looks really hilarious. Uh, I think they've got the right sense of humor for it. Uh, Miyamoto said that when when they approached him, he said, the only thing that I, the, the only rule I have is I don't want you to make a game that has ever been made before with these characters. And they've delivered. Ubisoft seems to have completely delivered on making something new with the Mario characters, something that we've never seen before and nobody expected this. At least I don't think anybody did. Uh, I certainly didn't. And Mario plus Rabbids looks pretty cool. I think that I'm going to be getting that game. Now, what I'm looking forward to most, and what I'm hoping that they have, and I don't believe that they've said, and if I if they have said, let me know. But I don't think that they've said if it has multiplayer. And if it had asynchronous multiplayer, that would be amazing. Where I could make a turn, and then... Uh, it sends that turn up into the cloud, and then you get notified, hey, Bill took his turn. So then you can move your characters around, and then that sends that up to the cloud and says, hey, so-and-so took their turn. I think that would be really, really cool, and it would really get me sucked into a game like that. Now, that being said, I don't know that it's going to have um, multiplayer, but if it doesn't, I think that that's going to be a huge disappointment for me. So... Here's hoping that Mario Rabbids has multiplayer and that it's asynchronous multiplayer. Now, if it's not asynchronous, I'm not interested because I don't want to sit there and wait five minutes while you're trying to figure out what your turn is going to be. That's not fun. It's only fun if I just get to take my turn and then go do something else while I wait for you to take your turn. Maybe I could be playing 12 games at the same time, and I could take a turn, then go to the next level. Take a turn, go to the next level. Go through all 12 people. Oh, look, somebody in the other team, or on one of the other teams just went. I can go back to that. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Mario plus Rabbids looks really cool. Well, excuse me, princess. The next Toys to Life uh, game is not actually, uh, this is not a Nintendo exclusive. This is Starlink. It's on the Xbox. It's on the uh, PS4. And it's also on the Switch. And it's very odd, but you kind of build a spaceship on your controller. Uh, I think it's weird. I'm not really terribly interested in this. I will say that my son is probably extremely interested in this. This kind of thing would blow his mind. They showed some pretty cool things, though, uh, where you could take off part of your ship and replace it with another part, and it would give you a different weapon on your ship. I thought that was kind of neat. I'm not sure how they're doing that. It must be the 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 whole ship together must be relaying NFC throughout the whole thing. I'm not sure. It's neat, though, um, especially because... So if... If you look, it looked like it. they were using the charge grip. Oh, you know what I think it is? I think that this game actually... Okay, so if you go and watch the video, and there's a video in the show notes, um, there's a cord coming off of the controller. And my guess, because I just assumed that was the charge grip, but what if it's a custom grip that you can use? That would be very different than I would think. Because otherwise, how is it working? 
when you're because the the middle of the of the charge grip is not an NFC reader. So my guess is that this is a custom controller or custom charge grip. In which case, if that is the case, on the PS4, do they do a custom controller on there? It probably just plugs into the USB on the PS4. Boy, I, I am really confused. How are they doing this? Because the Xbox One and the PS4 controllers, they don't have NFC built in. So how is it that they are communicating what parts that the player is attaching to this ship in order to put that stuff into the game? That's really interesting. I'm I'm curious how they're doing it. The game is called Starlink. Watch the YouTube video and see if you have any ideas. All right, let's move on to um, to 3DS stuff. Okay, when um, Treehouse first started... Uh, Reggie was on there, Reggie fils may president of Nintendo of America. Uh, he had mentioned that he was holding one of the new 2DSs. Uh, he said that the that the DS line is not going anywhere. Uh, he pointed out to everybody that the DS line actually sold more than any other gaming system this generation. That's a thing that a lot of people forget, is that the, the DS sold a ridiculous number of uh, consoles. I think the number of consoles out there is over 100 million for the DS line. Uh, that's counting uh, 3DS and 2DS and 2DS XL and 3DS XL. And yes, I'm sure that there are people out there, myself included, that bought multiple versions of them as the years went on. Uh, it's a portable system. That kind of thing happens. So, you know, the number of players of DS games or DS systems out there is smaller than the number that they sold, but they still sold a lot. So that's a lot of players. So again, I would prefer that every game for the 3DS uh, ends up going that there that they make from here on out is also a Switch game. But I know that they're not going to do that. Let's talk about uh, what game that they talked about, and this really blew my mind. Uh, Reggie unveiled a new 3DS Metroid game. They said. In the first 60 minutes of Treehouse, we're going to unveil something that you're not expecting, and they totally did. Uh, they it, it's Basically, it's a remake of Metroid 2, which is a Game Boy game, uh, completely redone, uh, and it, it really makes me glad that I kept my 3DS. I do wish that it was on the Switch, because I think it would be better there. Um, it's a side-scrolling 3D game, so you're looking at the view from the side. It's a 2D game, but it's like rendered in 3D, so it looks really good. Uh, they did point out that hey, if you put that slider up, uh, the levels have a lot of depth to them to make it look really cool. That's great. I'll probably turn it on, and go ooh, pretty, and then shut it off because it wastes battery. Um, they added some moves for Samus that I found really interesting. There's a melee counter, so whenever a, an enemy gets close to Samus, she kind of swipes up at him and she'll knock him back, and then she can follow that up with a counterattack. It looked really satisfying to pull off, and I really thought it looked great. Um, let's see, what else was there? Oh, they had Sakamoto there. He's he was originally he was in the he was the original creator of metroid and he has been involved in the development of this game uh the, the way that they use the two screens is they've got a map on the bottom screen uh they did also show 
the the one thing about Metroid games is you know you go all over the place and then you're like oh, how do I where was that spot that I saw this one thing uh on on this you'll be able to put uh pins in your map just like in Breath of the Wild I mean it almost looked exactly like Breath of the Wild as far as dragging a pin to the map so I thought that was cool um Let's see. Uh, oh, uh, usually Samus in, in side-scrolling Metroids can only aim at 45-degree angles. Well, now she can aim more more of a precise way, not just at 45 degrees. And the way it, it really changes the way that I feel the game plays. Now, I don't know if I've been playing Metroid wrong this whole time, but I tended to always be running. I was always moving when I was playing as Samus and shooting on the run. Uh, when I was watching them play, because you're not just at the 45-degree angle, you can uh, finesse it, it felt like they were stopping and then shooting and then moving and then stopping and then shooting. Uh, and that's not how I used to play Metroid. Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe I was just playing it wrong the whole time, but I just thought that was an interesting distinction. Uh, the animations looked really cool. I liked the way that Samus was moving. The bosses looked really cool. They, they said it has Metroid support, or Metroid support, it has Amiibo support, uh, so it's already going to support the two Metroid-themed Amiibos, uh, but they also showed off two new Amiibos. One was Samus, and another one was a Metroid, uh, and the, the Metroid was like um, soft and jelly kind. It was really cool looking. Uh, I think that this game looks good. There's very few games that will get me to pull my DS back out now that I've got the Switch. This is one of them. Uh, Pokemon, I won't. I'm, I'll just move on. I don't care. Uh, but Metroid, I will play a side-scrolling Metroid on my 3DS. Uh, I would I would prefer it be on the Switch, but we can't always get what we want. If you try sometimes, you just might find... Well, you guys know the rest. All right, let's move on to uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. <laughs> All right, I know that I said that I was going to do Fire Emblem Warriors for, um, next, but before I do, real quick, I just want to say that they also showed off a Kirby game and a Yoshi game for the Switch. I think they look boring, but Kirby games and Yoshi games typically felt boring to me. I know many, many people that have that extolled the virtues of Kirby's Epic Yarn and Yoshi's Woolly, Woolly World, and I've tried both games, and both games late left me kind of going, eh, whatever. Um, but it, they looked like the other ones. So if you liked the Kirby games and if you liked the Yoshi games, you're probably going to like these and you're probably excited that there we're getting two of them this soon. It's funny. Usually Kirby comes out at the end of a console and people are like, oh no, Kirby's here. He's going to destroy the console. Uh, but having Kirby come out right at the beginning, maybe they're trying to break his losing streak. Um, that being said, let's jump into Fire Emblem Warriors. It looks just like Hyrule or Dynasty Warriors games. I've never played one of these games. I might give this one a try. They do. They they did make some some uh, changes to the game to make it more like Fire Emblem. Uh, you can order the other characters around on the screen. So, and by the way, if you've never played a Dynasty Warriors or Hyrule Warriors game, the way that the game works is you have hundreds of enemies coming at you and you are this hero that can take out 20 30 dudes in a in a swing uh and it's a crazy button masher um 
when I saw this, I, I what I really was paying attention to is the map that they've got in like the top right. They have some really interesting things going on up there. Up in that top right, you can see where other characters are, and you can you can hit a button and switch to these other characters at any time. So you can have this this strategy of all right, I'm trying to push my way across this map. Well, it looks like uh, Lucina on the bottom of the map. She's not quite up to snuff. She's getting pushed back a little too far. So I'm playing as Crom up on the in the middle of the map. I'm going to hit my Y button or whatever button it happens to be, and I take over Lucina and push that forward a little bit, and then I can switch back over. Uh, I find that really interesting, the way that, that you can command the... You can also just say, all right, now you move over to this area and, and take care of these. So you are like the commander on the battlefield ordering your units around. I think it looks really cool. Uh, something else that was uh, Fire Emblem related, they said that if two characters are fighting near each other, uh, they will start to develop a relationship. That is very Fire Emblem. Uh, you pair up characters in Fire Emblem if you want them to develop a relationship and maybe get married and have kids, and then you have can add those kids to uh, your army later on. Um, boy, it sounds kind of dark when you say it like that. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's added to it. They didn't say much about the story, which is fine. Uh I, again, I've never played one of these games. I, I will I will say the textures in this looked a little bit weak, but that's probably because there's so much going on on the screen. Like it is absolute chaos when you look at this game. There's at least I think a hundred units or a hundred NPCs on the screen, and when you're attacking them, there's all these special effects going off. So increasing the uh, textures to make them look a little bit better. While would look better for screenshots in motion, I don't know that you'd really notice. I I really think that this is an interesting game. I'm kind of only half sold on it, though. What do you guys think? Are you really looking forward to Fire Emblem Warriors? And if you are, how come? Are you looking forward to it because you really like the Fire Emblem games and you just want more exposure to those characters? Or are you really looking forward to it because you loved Hyrule Warriors and you want more of that gameplay? or maybe both, or maybe you just don't really care. Let me know either way what you guys think. Do the Mario swing your okay, well, you would think that I'd be all done. But there's this one really weird thing that I saw today, and I don't even know if it's true. But apparently Nintendo has filed a trademark for Mario Kart VR, and they're bringing it to the HTC Vive. I just shrugged. What? Mario Kart on the HTC Vive? First off, if it's not true, uh, whoever pranked me did a good job. But it just really surprised me. Now, I don't have a link for it because I was typing it on my phone and I had the li- I, I just lost the link. And, and now um, I'm looking at it. It's already almost 8 p.m. I still have to edit the show before I send it out. And it's about a million degrees in my office because we don't have the air conditioning put in yet. So I just want to stop talking now. Uh, and so I'm not going to look it up. But Mario Kart VR for the HTC Vive. That's a really weird thing that I thought that I would never say. Uh, speaking of trademarks, uh, apparently Nintendo also filed a trademark for Mario Kart for Super Nintendo World. Not a huge surprise, but I think it's really cool. Um, listen, guys, that's E3. 
That's right. That's E3. Now, I didn't talk about the tournaments because I wanted to get the just my reaction to the news out. Um, so the tournaments are still going to be covered. I'll probably talk about them on Thursday. Uh, but that is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed, please let me know. There's a whole bunch of ways that you can do that. You can join our Discord. Just go to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You can phone it in. Uh, call 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Or you can just shout at me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. Of course, I also am a live streamer. I'm going to be streaming on Twitch on um, Friday, I'm going to be playing ARMS if it comes on time. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Make sure that you come on by. That's twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show, be it buying dock socks or zippered pouches from my wife's Etsy shop or going to Patreon and pledging your support to help me make content like this uh, or just using my Amazon affiliate link to buy all of your Nintendo stuff. Again, that doesn't cost you anything. Or the absolute f- easiest and most free way to, to help the show is to just do an iTunes review. Any of those that you want to do, just go to runjumpstomp.com slash support and you will see all of the ways that you can help me out there. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me. I hope you guys had as good an E3 as I did. Um, I will see you next time. Bye-bye.